You're listening to the Run For Your Lives podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm Daphne. And I'm Bake. And this is the Run For Your Lives podcast. This episode, we're talking about the dark comedy horror film, The Menu, directed by Mark Mylod and released November 18th, 2022. That is right, another newer one. We are into 2023 at this point, but, you know, grabbing some of these late 22 movies that came out that are now available for people to stream and watch. Yes, I watched it on (laughs) HBO Max, so I could have the captions on. I wanted to be able to understand what was happening with the menus, because it was very... Menus were interesting. I mean, Mm -hmm. the menu, there were menus in the menu, or a menu in the menu. Maybe the menu was just a character all its own. How many times can we say menu in the next hour and a half? (laughs) I don't know. We could make it a drinking game. Mm -hmm. If we did that, we might not make it through the first 10, 20 minutes. The menu, no. No, you can say menu a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We had actually planned to record a different movie, and then it just struck me. And I said, let's change it and do the menu. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we both wanted to see it, so it's like, why not? Why put it off? Yeah. It's very seldom, though, that the two of us have not seen, none of it, neither of us saw the movie before now. Yeah. Like, even that we haven't seen it, we're just going to talk about it blindly and okay. pretend, like, right. we're just going to assume what happened, because we All haven't right. even watched it yet at this point. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, so we're making it up as <laughs> yeah. we go along? Okay. Right. <laughs> what would a movie about a movie about called the menu? What would it be about? Mm, it's about know. a guy who gets trapped in um, a, like the Netflix selection menu, and he can't find. Oh, his way. no! Um. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. I mean, it's not a terrible idea. That's that'd be a terrible place to be because that menu. I can never find anything in that mm-hmm. menu. Right. Stressful. It's like. <laughs> I just go to the search and hope that I can remember the name of what I'm trying to find. (laughs) I'm never feeling lucky. Uh, No. Or whatever they surprise me is their thing. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, whatever it is. (laughs) No. But yeah. It's, yeah. The menu. It's the menu. (laughs) Mark Mylod. I will talk a little bit more about him as a director. Later on, once we get to the behind-the-scenes information. I figured you would. Yeah. I've got some (laughs) cool info. He's behind, or he either directed or was involved with some pretty amazing TV shows. So Mm -hmm. we'll definitely talk about that. But first, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, production? I've got a little bit of information. Uh, It was filmed in Savannah, Georgia. The screenplay was written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. It was based on an original story by Will Tracy. The budget was $30 million. 
And as of the date that we are recording this episode, it has grossed $73.5 million. Was 106 minutes long. Pake, give us a synopsis. All right. A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. I would say so. Mm-hmm. The menu itself. Yeah. It's all part of the menu. Yes. <laughs> I think it took on a life of its own and kind of became its own character. Yes. I had seen the previews for this one and I was really interested in it, but I wasn't sure what I was going to be watching. It didn't disappoint me. No. It's 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 an interesting one. Um I think it depends on the lens you look at it through and really watch it. Cause if you try to break this one down too much logically, it's it's ridiculous. It is, yeah. And so I think if you look at it as what it is, which is a satire, a heavy handed satire of you know, the the classism that is in cuisine and food and like your like high end Michelin star foodie you know, culture and just the pretentious narcissism that is so wrapped up in all that. There's a lot of great satire to just like, Oh yeah. Food is art, which it is, but like it, it's taking those, those, those kind of ideas and people and places that take that way too far that I've seen those kind of things. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk about some of that stuff that's in this movie as well. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's a great satire of like, culinary culture uh yeah i'm not a foodie i mean i like food but i'm not like obsessed with going to the best restaurants and the highest end cuisine i'm totally fine with a hamburger yeah like i don't need anything special that's kind of where i fall on it uh so to talk about you know because i've got some of my notes in that is yeah like i am a foodie not like not like Tyler. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Is anyone a foodie like Tyler? My God, right? I mean, he was he was odd right from the start. Yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, so strong. No smoking because it affects your palate. And he's sitting there fanboying over a food critic and judging people who are, oh, they're just here to flaunt their wealth. And they're not actually here for the food. And, the, you know, like, it's, it's a little much. Uh, you know, so I'm a foodie, but like in the way that I like food a lot and i like any kind of food i like experiencing different cultural foods and different flavors and palates and i like to try new things and things that are interesting and creative and you know you know so the stuff that you kind of see with like the foaming and gelling and things of this stuff i'm like you get to a point where it's like it's just too pretentious and it's too much and it's not it's not food like you know like kind of what margo is saying in this movie it was just like why aren't you eating your food? Because this isn't food. This is droplets <laughs> of oil on a plate. Like, I'm going to leave. I'm like looking at some of these things. It's like, oh, this looks like a meal that I would leave fucking starving at the end yes. of it. Like, now it's time to go get a cheeseburger because yes, this was bullshit. It is. <laughs> you know? It is. Like, uh, yeah. Like the foamed oysters with the things. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, what Margot says, like, he's like, yeah, it's fine. It's a, an experience, sure. But like, just give me some regular oysters. That's the best part. Like, that's what's perfect. You know, like, <laughs> I like oysters. Why would I want to uh, change them into some weird foam? 
I, <laughs> I was going to ask you that because I know how much you love oysters. Yeah. I was going to ask you what you thought of the foamy strain. Just give me an oyster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm with Margo on that. I'm like, doesn't yeah. need to be fancified. Like, no. they're expensive enough on their own. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's all about the presentation. Right. I think that that, when it comes to Julian, it's all about the presentation. And everything was presented in such a lovely way. The problem is, when it comes down to food, I don't care. <laughs> I want to eat. Like, I want to, when I eat, it's because I need sustenance, not because right. I want to look at, you know, eat something pretty. I remember I went to a restaurant once and I ordered this shrimp and rice dish. And there were two shrimp and a whole hell of a lot of rice. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was awful. I'm like, I wanted the shrimp. Why are two shrimp? Really? Yeah. And it was all presented. And that's when I gave up on fancy restaurants. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. it's, I, I like, I, so luckily, locally, I have a very nice kind of higher end restaurant. But like the chef there understands food more than just like the art of it to where like yeah it's very well plated and meticulously presented but there's also like you're gonna leave that meal going like god i'm satisfied and that was amazing um, you know so <laughs> is that that place that you ate at not that long ago yeah you know it you know i place. know where it is yeah i know what it yeah. is yeah <laughs> which i might as well i mean People listen to this podcast from all over the world, so who knows if... But if anybody ever gets a chance to come on down to Tyler, Texas, then yeah, you got to hit up Culture ETX. Chef Lance will take care of you, big time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> give him a shout out. I but, have heard wonderful things from you about this restaurant, and yeah. you go there every year, so mm -hmm. it's a cool place. Yes. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. But yeah, so I like the really like kind of classy food joints and, and the food as an art, but but if the focus is on the food and not the art, <laughs> you know, like yeah. the experience is like, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's flavored air. No, I don't No, Give that to somebody else. I want, yeah, you know, you can give me an expensive steak with all kinds of really like meticulously planned out, like plating and sauces and, you know, high end ingredients that, you know, were sourced from awesome, but make sure it's like, a meal also please yeah <laughs> yeah something to eat i i have a rule now that if i'm really hungry i won't go to a new restaurant i'll go to to one that i've been to before that i can count on yeah because too many times i've been burned by hearing good things about a place and going and then realizing it wasn't for me or the food wasn't good mm-hmm and then I'm starving, and I have to go somewhere else. The yeah. last time it happened, I ended up leaving and going to get pizza. <laughs> like, I can count on pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza won't let me down. <laughs> no. So this is not a food podcast, despite the fact that we have spent the first little bit talking about food. I'm going to be so hungry after this, I'm sure, though. Um Yes, I already am. I'm thinking. Yeah, okay, no, it's like I'm already I... hungry. What am I going to eat when we're done recording? Because okay. <laughs> might order a pizza now that you said that. Who knows? Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> so good. It fills a void, right? Yeah, but let's yeah get back into characters more. Which I guess 
you know, the best place to start is maybe Margot, if that is her real name. I don't think it is. Aaron? It isn't. Aaron, Aaron but we'll Mar- call her. Marin, ergo. Mar- ergo. Ergo. Um, <laughs> For part of my notes, I just wrote Anya. <laughs> For Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes. I, I really liked her in this role. So I think the last thing I saw Anya Taylor-Joy in was Last Night in Soho, which I really yeah. enjoyed a lot. Yes. Yeah, we know we're a big fan of her here because of that movie. Yeah. And then seen her in a couple other little things. Uh, I still never got around to Queen's Gambit, but I understand she crushed it in that. So <laughs> Yes. Yes. So I liked seeing her in a role like this. She's kind of sassy and a smartass and not afraid to speak her mind and call it like it is, especially when she's on this adventure date with Tyler. Yeah. And trying to guess what was going on between them. I didn't think that they were a couple. Yeah, it was it was interesting to kind of peel layers off of that yes. of, of her throughout the movie and as you kind of realize what's going on. Cuz they kind of give it to you in like these little things. At first you're like, "Oh, she's like you know, this is her boyfriend and maybe they haven't been together for very long, but He's trying to impress her with this fancy dinner and he's a big foodie guy. So like, come join my world, see what this is like. But you can already see like the first interaction with him is he's already like, you can't smoke because it's going to mess up your palate. And he's being kind of a prick about it. Like not as bad as he gets. He gets worse and worse as the movie goes. But you're already like, calm down, dude. (laughs) Like it's not that big of a deal. But you know, she goes along with it. So you're like, okay, what's, what's going on with that? Maybe she's just doesn't want to fight. It's a day, you know, we'll talk about things later. But then as we kind of go on to see, because we see that she recognizes the older man, uh, Richard, and we're like, okay, so what's going on with that? And it takes a while to realize, like, oh, so they, you know, there's infidelity going on in, with that guy. And it's like, well, with Margo. And it's like, well, why would she be with somebody like him that just doesn't seem to connect? And then we get the reveal as she's talking to, to Chef Slowick, to Chef Julian. That she is a sex worker, and that's how she knows Richard, uh, kind of a creep of a client who wants to pretend she's his daughter and all kinds of yikes on bikes. Um, yeah, weird <laughs> sexual thing going on. It's, yeah. I, it's kind of icky. Yeah. Like, I didn't like that. And so when we find that out, though, then you start wondering about Tyler, where you're like, well, is he just another client? Because then he doesn't really seem like the type. Yeah. I mean, either. And then he's like, or maybe she is someone that she actually had, or he's someone she actually had interest in. And then he just kind of turned out to be an asshole. Um, But that's where we get the big reveal, which could be more of a note on Tyler. We'll get to him later. But, you know, to talk about it is really, which there again, to talk about like looking at this movie through a scope is because it's a satire, the trope that Tyler is, this pretentious foodie person. You have to look at it the satire that way for it to really make sense. Like, oh, he's that much of a trope that like, yeah, he was told directly that he and everybody was going to die. But he was so focused on the food that he sat there and hired a you know prostitute to take with him because he can't have a, t- a table of one. Like, that's how like he doesn't even care. He's like, well, then I'll just hire some girl to come with me because I have to go to this dinner. It's worth dying for. And that's 
And it's that plays up to the whole trope of who he is, is knowing he's going to die, knowing all of this stuff that's going on. And he's still focused on taking pictures of his food, you know, <laughs> which he's been told not to do. Right. But that's the satire of, of his character, which I think is very well done. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Signing a girl that you don't know up for a death sentence so you can go get some food. Yeah, that's real sweet. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's really ridiculous. Um, I love Nicholas Holt, though. He, oh, yeah, he's great. He killed it. I thought he did such a great job playing Tyler and bringing this pretentious asshole to life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again... Enjoy him a lot, and he'll be back on this podcast to be talked about sooner than later, I believe. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just a little tease. Yeah, we won't tell you what's coming up, but we may have a few opportunities to discuss his work mm-hmm. in the near future. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> Stick with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to watch him on a show called Skins out of Britain, mm-hmm. and he just fantastic. Um, played a similar asshole character. <laughs> <laughs> on that show but he is much younger um it was a great great series but yeah he you're not really sure what's going on between the two of them at first but you do learn going on i feel like it's with each course of food that came out we were peeling away the onion on the people mm-hmm. that were here because They're going to an island to go to Hawthorne Restaurant, but there's a limited number of of seats at this restaurant. It's very expensive and exclusive. It costs like, what, $1,200 to go? I mean, it's insane. But really, I mean, only what, 12 to 15 people can eat there at a time. It's astounding to me that 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 works, but you know, people are fans. I mean, what the one couple, uh, Richard and his wife, they'd been there eleven times in five years, mm-hmm. but couldn't remember a single thing they ate. Ridiculous. You'd think if you're spending that much money, you would know. If I was spending $1,200 on food, I would know not only what I was eating, but everything that went into it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I would want. Yeah. It's just, again, there's like that that satire of it, of like the people who go to these like Michelin star restaurants and stuff, which again, nothing wrong with that to some degree, but it's like the people who make that like a personality or just like, that's all I eat because I have the money to do it and I'm going to flaunt it where it's about wealth and not about just enjoying a meal. But it's just like, oh, I only eat expensive food because I have money and I want to show everybody I have money. And that's the only reason. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you notice the difference as soon as they get on the boat and they're brought this welcome meal. Which is basically, and you'll hear this a lot throughout the podcast, I actually do have the information on each of the dishes that was served. This very first welcome is a, it's a raw local oyster, one oyster, Mm -hmm. in a 
mignonette emulsion with lemon caviar and an oyster leaf. You can see the difference in the way Tyler eats it and Margot eats it. He's just enjoying every single morsel and she's just, okay, quick, <laughs> over, done. There was a funny little line, though, about the fact that the lemon caviar was made with alginate, <laughs> which <clears throat> Margot called pond scum. Yeah. Just what it is. Um, but you can tell right from the beginning, they're polar opposites when it comes to food. Like, yeah. he's all about savoring it, and she is, yeah, not so much. But they get on the boat, and they go to the island. Paik, did you notice the island? Did anything look familiar to you? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Well, think back to The Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode ah, 1. Ah, we're at Oceanside. Yes. Nice. We are at nice. Oceanside. <laughs> yep, I thought it was cool. When I was reading about where it was filmed, I was like, but that's, I remember they filmed some Walking Dead there, so I went and looked it up, and yeah. That's cool. Oceanside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still interesting situation. You know, here is Margot. She's, you know, they get there. We meet Elsa, who is kind of the assistant or head leader of, I don't know. She's just, she does most of the talking. Except for Julian, she does a lot of the talking. Yeah. Um, she gives them this little tour of this place that, I mean, I don't think I'd want to sleep in the same room with everybody that I worked with and work all but four hours of a night. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Up at 6 a.m. and you go to bed at 2 a.m. That doesn't, I don't think yeah. I could do that. No, no. That would <laughs> suck. I'm good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, they get there, they go to have dinner, and we start serving food, basically. They were told that they couldn't take pictures of the dishes. Of course, Tyler didn't listen. Yeah, no, I was very explicitly told that, and he's still just snapping away constantly. I'm like, dude, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, it's going to come back to bite you. I mean, it's quite an inter interesting thing to see things through her eyes because everything at this restaurant and on this island is very methodical to the way that they do things. Yeah. No one's allowed to go in the chef's cottage. They've got, um, you know, a very regimented schedule where they only sleep four hours a night. It's got some very culty vibes to it. <laughs> Doesn't it? That yeah. whole area where they live, like with the bed set out and... Uh, Mm -hmm. It just, it did. It seemed very cultish. Right. And it continued to feel cultish as we went through the whole movie. Right. <laughs> There's lots more. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting to see everything kind of through Margot slash Aaron's eyes. Um, because she's the only one who's there not trying to impress anybody. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing. I mean, Tyler's trying to impress 
chef <laughs> Julian <laughs> with his food knowledge and everybody else. He's like, oh, my God, there's bergamot in there, isn't it? And oh, well, I've got to try this. And oh, did you do that? You, you use the Paco jet. I know exactly what like he just wants everybody to know how much he knows about food. Yes. He's, he's trying to press. I mean, the everybody there, you know, uh, Leguizamo's character, George Diaz. He's just trying to impress people because, oh, look, I'm a celebrity. Don't don't anybody look at me and bother me. I don't want the paparazzi on me. But also all I want is validation from all of you. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, uh, what is it? Soren, Bryce and Dave. These tax bros, I call them. Uh, The tax bros. That is a great. That is great. We can use that. They're just there to be like, oh, yeah, you know who are who we work with. You mean your boss that you work for? Uh, semantics you know but they're like look how important we are look how much money we have uh you know you have the food critic who's there to look how much incredible poetic words i can use look what i you Mm -hmm. know everybody's there to impress people around them the people who've been there 11 times look how much money we have that we can come eat here all the time the most exclusive restaurant known you know like yeah even even chef julian is there to impress. I mean, he's there to kill everybody, but like, because it's got to this point where he's so tired of the life, the false life that he's living, where he's realized all he's doing is just trying to be impress people and impress uh, to where the point where he's just a shell of the person he used to be. And he's ready to just like, well, it's taken my life from me. So I'll go ahead and just end all that and taken everything that's caused this life. You know, he's got his own little thing for that because, you know, that's what we see with the cheeseburger scene and all of that is we realize he has grown sick of the person that this culture has caused him to become. Yes. I loved one of his quotes at the end where he just says to them, you represent the ruin of my art and my life. And now you get to be a part of it. A part of what I hope is my masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Because even in trying to kill them, he's not just running around with like a sword. It's much more dramatic than that. Yeah. The way that it's all created. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, but she's just... not buying into that whole world that they're No, she's the only about. person who doesn't care, is not impressed by any of these people, and doesn't care to impress anybody else. Yeah. She's like, kind of, you know, before she uses that to her advantage and plays that card, you can tell the whole time as soon as the dinner starts. That's probably something running in her mind is like, what is this bullshit? Just give me a cheeseburger and I'll be yes. happy. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't need the pomp and circumstance of no. a breadless bread plate. What the fuck oh, is that? God. You know, like <laughs> God, the breadless bread plate. I, I'd be so disappointed. I right. love me some carbs and I want mm-hmm. the bread. Bring it on. It's like, oh, so the bread course is you want me to dip this wooden stick into oil. Got it. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> does not sound fun she was a replacement she was not supposed to be there it was supposed to be his girlfriend who had dumped him mm-hmm. and then i was thinking okay so it wasn't bad enough that you brought someone you don't know you were gonna bring your girlfriend that you love to this place mm-hmm. to die she dodged a bullet <laughs> big one big one <laughs> you can even imagine that that's how she is I mean, she has to be pleased with herself for dumping him when the news comes out about this whole situation. Yeah. 
Although he didn't quite make it to the end. No. But we'll he talk about get, that. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I know, you know, we're trying to focus kind of on Margot, but I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of notes about her until kind of we get to the ending of the story. Yeah. Where she really transforms into use some behind the mask uh, terminology here. She's the survivor girl, right? You know, that's, yes. that's what <laughs> we get at the end. Yeah. But a lot of it is just kind of seeing everything that gets built up where we learn about everybody who's here. And yes. we kind of figure out what Julian is up to mm-hmm. and, and his reasoning and just the things that have led to, like you said, the ruin of his art and his life. Um, <laughs> yeah. And peel away the pieces of the onion. Yeah. Because the first thing that they, before the first course, they get what is, what I think is an appetizer. And a moose Yes. Which is compressed and pickled cucumber melon, milk snow, and chad lace. Mm-hmm. This is when we really I mean, start it sounds see- great on paper, and then you look at it, I'm like, it looks like little, like... Popping boba pearls of cucumber juice with yes. seaweed on top of it. I don't know what yeah, this no. is. I've never had milk snow. Um, no. I, it just is it powdered milk? Is that what I'm eating? Uh, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I can't imagine that Julian would allow there to be powdered milk in his restaurant. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Well, because it's not like powdered milk. It was more like actual milk that then became powdered through some weird chemical. <laughs> thing i don't know uh <laughs> i know i can't explain how things happen they just did mm. <laughs> this is when we start to get to see the little things going on with each of the people that are there like george's assistant wants to quit she's it's like he brought her to the island and now she's using it as the opportunity to to quit we mm. also get to see the more of Tyler's obsession with food. Mm-hmm. Um, but things still seem relatively like, okay, this is a restaurant where we're, this is what's going on. Yeah. Like even because, yeah, uh, there's the amuse bouche. The first course is the island. Uh, <laughs> yes. One scallop and then a bunch of pickled local grass <laughs> different vegetables or not even vegetables like seaweed and algae from <laughs> the the island <laughs> on a rock i did like the idea of having this like crystallization of seawater that's on it that as it melts it adds a saltiness to it i was like okay i can get behind that that's actually yes cool. that's um, <laughs> that's the barely frozen filtered seawater yeah I was like, because, okay, that's actually kind of a really cool touch. I think yeah. I would be down for that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But one scallop, because in Maine we say scallops. Mm-hmm. In other places they say scallops. But mm-hmm. we say scallops, and it always kills me when I watch a movie and that's how they're saying it. <laughs> but it's... <sighs> I mean, that's how I say it. And I, I love know. me some scallops. They're delicious. <laughs> So the critic during this time is even talking about, oh, we're eating the ocean. And D- and George Diaz starts to pitch to Felicity his foodie show, which sounds absolutely boring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, what if we were Anthony Bourdain with zero soul? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh. yeah. No, we don't need to do this. 
Um, and then that's when the the wine starts going around. Again, I could be a sucker for the wine pairings and stuff. I was like, okay, sign me up for that part of it. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially this wine that was made from a single row of vines. Mm-hmm. Um, I know nothing about wine. It doesn't make any difference if you do it that no. way or not. It's the it, That's a gimmicky thing, but it's kind of cool gimmicky, I guess. It's not worth <laughs> how much more expensive it would probably make it. But um. Yeah. <laughs> But he's meticulously put all of this together, these wine pairings and everything. There's a description that comes with everything that mm-hmm. they have. But then we get to the breadless bread plate, which, of course, was the second course. No bread, but you've got savory accompaniments. <laughs> with a little note that says, the bread you will not be eating tonight was made... From a heritage wheat called Red Fife, crafted with our partners at Tehachapi Grain Project, devoted to preserving heirloom grains. Awesome. I would want to eat that. Not yes. not eat that. <laughs> no. Don't tell me about the bread and then not deliver it to me. Mm-hmm. And this is when we really start to see the assholes that the three young men can be. The, what did you call them? The tax bros? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're talking to Elsa. Do you know who we are? We need some bread. Can't you slip us some bread? It's like... She... I mean, she just shut them down with no. She was not mm-hmm. going to do anything. And whispers to one of them, you will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve. And I'm like... What the fuck is going on here? I've heard that recently. I think that was MJF to Brian Danielson saying that. Um. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yeah, so I'm interested, and I'm a little haunted by that, because Elsa just seems way too happy to be delivering all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is when also when um, Margot, of course, is not eating the little drops of oil that are available for dinner. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Julian is a bit bothered by it. You can start to see he's getting pissed off. Yeah. That she's not doing it. And, yeah. and she's get- being real sassy with him. Like, she doesn't she really is. care. Where he's like, no, you're at my restaurant and here's the thing. You must eat. And she's like, I thought you said don't eat. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. like, But that's not what I meant. He's like, oh, you can see he's getting very frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> Like Kate was telling her, the menu only makes sense if you eat. I'm like, what is this about the menu? Why is it so important? What's going on? And this is when in the movie I started to really think that it reminded me of another movie that I've seen called The Invitation, which I'm not going to say much about because I don't want to spoil it if people haven't seen it. But this is when it gave me this vibe of something sinister is going on. Yeah. And I didn't know what was going to happen, because at this point I was thinking, is it cannibalism? Are we going to get to the end and find out they've eaten somebody? (laughs) I I mean, is it? I I don't know. But Tyler breaks a glass trying to get to her food. Yeah. And that. He's like, well, then I'll eat it. I'll eat it. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's freaking out because he thinks he's made a bad impression. 
Because Tyler, all he wants to do is make a good impression on Julian. That's all he's paying attention to. He's forgotten the fact that he's going to die. It doesn't matter to him. Yeah, ironically, the fact that he's there in the first place is because he already gave a bad impression to the chef. That's why he's there. Yeah. I don't think there's any coming back from any of that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and we see that the staff is in on everything just as much, if not more. Yeah. Than the chef is. Um, They're very dedicated to it. mm Because we meet the person behind that idea of killing everyone at the end of the night. Yeah. Later on. Yeah, that is the sous chef, Catherine. Um, Yeah. Which, yeah. (laughs) Jump on that a little bit. Because I like that scene where, you know, the men are off running. And so the women get the course just to themselves. That man's folly course. And... They're kind of buttering Catherine up a little bit. It was like, oh, the food is so good. You're, yes, this course is amazing. Because they see her kind of crack a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's she's showing some sadness and emotion about what's going on, knowing that they're all going to die at the end of the night. Like, she's having that little moment of it cracking through. And they're like, maybe we can take advantage of this. And they're praising everything and buttering up. And this is great. What is um, George's assistant? Uh, I don't remember her name, but... Felicity. <laughs> Felicity. It's the emoji for me. Yes. And then <laughs> they had Lillian looks at it's Umaboshi. It's, it's like you tried. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But then Lillian's sitting here trying to talk her into like you you are such an incredibly talented chef. You know, you could run your own place. Let me get you started with that. You know, we just have to, you know, yeah. change the whole dying thing. And yes. then, you know, I can really hook you up. And that's where she's like well, the whole dying, everyone dying thing was my idea, actually. It was my pitch. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> and then you just see Lillian grab that bottle of wine, like, well, fuck, never mind. Let's get drunk. <laughs> like, well, I tried. Uh- mm-hmm. <laughs> More wine. Drink it down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should all just be like Julian's mom. Just, <laughs> just get wasted and roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think she knows. I mean, he is her son. She must mm. know. But then we get on to the third course, going back. <laughs> this is when we get the very clever laser-printed tacos. <laughs> the tortillas that they made. I, um, yeah, I, those were interesting. I, I love that. <laughs> what the hell are these? <laughs> those are tor- tortillas. <laughs> Tortillas deliciosas. <laughs> no, but 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 what is this? Those oh, are tortillas. Yes. <laughs> Just their delivery. I loved it. <laughs> Elsa had some of the best lines when they were asking specifically about the financial reports and She just looks at them and says, I'm sorry, but Chef never reveals his recipes. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my gosh. It's re- you know it's reminiscent of the Stepford Wives when people get uh, have the procedure and then just become vacant. Mm-hmm. She just the way she dealt with people, what she said to them. Yeah, that I was already it. like pre-planned. She knew if somebody was going to ask, "What the hell is that?" She had that like come yes. back ready to go. Yeah, these are tortillas. It's <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. But those tortillas. There was a lot on them. And I realized that something sinister was happening. Yeah. It's when I realized that those tortillas were showing us why. 
Yeah, that everybody like, is there for a specific reason. We have Lillian's was the pictures of restaurants that she had reviewed, and then they closed down after because she gave, gave them bad them a- reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, maybe the creepiest, just has pictures of him taking pictures of his food earlier that night. Um, <laughs> your his obsession. Uh, yeah, the, the tax bros, obviously, like proof of tax fraud on their tortillas. Uh, Richard has pictures of him with other women and with Margot and with yes, <laughs> um, yes, all topped with a happy anniversary. Um, yes, I felt for his wife because she didn't have anything to do with it. Right, and she was devastated. Like the whole thing was devastating her. Yeah, George. I think it was funny, George, because it was just like the like poster for the movie. That the whole reason he was handpicked is because Julian just hated the movie he starred in. <laughs> like yes. it was petty to that degree. I'm oh sure. yeah, and I, you know what? <laughs> I have something to add once we get to uh-huh. the behind the scenes. That you I think will, I know what that one is. Yes, you I are gonna <laughs> just love. I think. Uh. Um. Yeah. So we saw all of these different, you know. We got the glimpses into why people were there. Yeah. And people started getting really, like, feisty about it. And this was when I'm still trying to, you know, I'm like, Tyler, I, I don't know why Margot's with Tyler, because they're not getting along. Um, and then Margot decides to go to the restroom. Widget. Is where you go, honestly. If shit's going down and you don't know how the fuck to deal with it, go to the restroom, get in a stall, and just breathe for like 10 seconds <laughs> to get yourself in the right place. Julian follows her in. <laughs> into the restroom. He goes. Because he's still bothered by the fact that she's not eating because he takes his work very seriously. And he wants to know who she is because she wasn't supposed to be there. It's not everyone else was supposed to be there. And so you get that feeling that it all feeds into some master plan. And he even tells you, you shouldn't be here. Which brings us to the fourth, the fourth course. Mm -hmm. Man. The mess. The mess. (laughs) I feel like, honestly, as we're going through this, the menu itself is the main character, right? Along with <laughs> along with Julian, and the others are just kind of secondary because I think the menu itself kind of leads people through, like the movie, because it's a process of everything. And the mass was actually pressure cooked vegetables, roasted fillet, potato confit, beef. Juice, juice, yes. juice, beef, juice, bone marrow. That was the mess. Mm-hmm. Not really the mess, but the mess. Yeah, there's a different mess. There's a different mess as well. <laughs> yeah, this whole situation made me wonder if the. His little chefs that were helping him, his little team, how many of them really were into this? All of them. They really? They wouldn't be there. Yeah. 
They wouldn't be there if they weren't. This was a full on team effort of. (laughs) Again, there's the satire of, you know, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief that has to come with a level of satire like this of like. Oh, yeah, there's the satire of the sous chefs who just worship their chef and follow them to a T no matter what. And that's what this is. (laughs) I thought at the end, before the ending, or we were at the end of the film, we were getting to the point where there was going to be the final act. People did look like we're crying. Or had tears. And I'm just like... Why don't you walk out of the door? Why? <laughs> I just, yeah. They wouldn't I... be allowed to. They just kind of have to accept it at that point. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, speaking of acceptance, I have some thoughts on the end and everyone <laughs> at the end when it all went down. Uh-huh. But we're not there yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this is, uh, it's hard to talk about characters because it's so much about the menu. Yeah. So I'm trying to go back to the characters, but I feel like it's the menu that's driving everything. So I'm just kind of going with it. I like it. It works. You think it's okay? All right. (laughs) Okay. We just need like a, there was, if this is a video version of a podcast, there'd be a little counter in the corner. Every time we say the menu. Um, and, <laughs> and take a shot, Pink. Take a <laughs> shot. Every time they, the menu, we'll be drunk. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just wine, we'll be drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So when this card came up on the screen where it said, you know, the fourth course, the mess, and told everything, it didn't come up until after um, Jeremy Loudon, who is one of the chefs there, who actually is the one that Tyler was watching at the beginning yeah. when he came in. Um, it's, you know, Julian makes a statement, there's no way to avoid the mess you make of your life, your body, your sanity, by giving everything you have to pleasing people you will never know. And he asked Jeremy if he's happy in this life and he said no and he's crying mm-hmm. and then he asks him do you want his life do you, you know jeremy do you want my life and he says no and then julian just kisses each cheek and sous chef jeremy blows his head off his mm-hmm. own head off commit suicide and that's when i i still didn't know exactly what was going to happen but i knew it was bad yeah it's like they have to get out of there they have to get out of there and lillian who is the critic is just saying oh it's all part of the menu it's what he does it's like an act it's like theater yeah i don't think they're scared but they're trying to convince themselves that it's it's okay it's highly coordinated like oh that's really dark, but uh, it's part of the show. It's part of the menu. Okay. And then I think most of them could convince themselves of that until Richard loses a finger. Yeah. Then it's a little harder, except Lillian is still like, maybe it's all just for me. 
And Tyler is oblivious and is just eating like this is a wonderful spectacle. Yeah, he's like people shooting themselves in the head and getting fingers cut off. He's like, I don't care. This marrow's pretty good. Um. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. And Julian, you look over at dead people and somebody who's injured. You can finish that. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And Felicity is trying to get George to talk to him. When George has to finally confess that he's a name-dropping whore and he doesn't know mm. Julian at all. Right. And this is when Julian, he wants to meet with Margot again because he's trying to get her to tell him who she is and what she's doing there. And then he basically alludes to what's going on, like... This has been a well-planned event. I don't even know if I would say he alludes to it. He's pretty straightforward. There's no hiding his intentions, because I think she's figured out. She's like, basically, she's just like, can I not die? And he's like, no, you're going to die. Everyone's going to die. Like, he's just very upfront about it. That's he's... true. Yeah. <laughs> but he wants to know where she stands. Are you with those who give or those who take? Are you mm. with us or them? And he gives her some time to think about it. And then one of the best moments of the mo of the film is Margot slapping Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Just made me so happy. I'm like, thank you. Someone should have slapped him a long time ago. And then we get the beautiful palate cleanser. It's not often that there are movies with these little... Honestly, it looks like something that you would get off iStock video or something. Like a... Of of a of pouring some tea yeah. with flowers and well, it was very much Chef's Table, which they even dropped the name of that show in here in the movie as well. Is this whole which is just a show about this like highly artsy culinary mm -hmm. you know stuff, and it's it's what it is is it's highlighting like and here's this dish and here's what goes into it and look at it from this beautiful. And that's what they're, again, satirizing and playing off of is like each course, they kind of take that moment to show it plated and give you the idea of what it is and make it look all beautiful and fancy. Yeah, it's wild bergamot and red clover tea. And this is when Bryce freaks out and decides to break the window. Doesn't work. And Julian comes up and explains that tea offers a soothing balm when facing some hard home truths. <laughs> and he starts to point out the bad things about each of the people. And admits that he has been fooled into satisfying or trying to satisfy those who cannot be satisfied. And he reveals a little surprise. So the tax bros, their boss, Mr. Varick, is outside wearing angel wings hoisted up above the water. Mm-hmm. He's the angel investor. He's the reason this place is open. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ownership's going to change. He's going to go under the water to yep. own nothing anymore. You know, because how dare he ask for substitutions? He honestly was asking for it, I think. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> And you hear the yelling, and you hear things, and then it's all of a sudden silent. And Julian says, that silence means I'm free. It makes me think of 
a, a niche. <laughs> they get llamas with hats on YouTube. Uh, for anybody who knows, there's an episode of that. It's, it's just a demented llama that like just kills people just savagely. It's pretty, like most all of that's like off screen, but then it's him just talking about it so nonchalantly. So there's an episode where they're like floating in a life raft on the ocean and he's brought down an entire cruise ship. And it's just like, it's like, how, how can you live with this on your conscience? And it's like, oh, they've all forgiven me. And he's like, do you not hear them? And he's like, well, that's what forgiveness sounds like. Screaming and then silence. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> so we get the next opportunity for Julian to have a conversation with uh, Margot. Where he admits or says to her, you know, he, he basically admits that he knows that she's a fellow service industry worker. And they have this conversation talking about um, happiness and providing services and clients. And he asks her if she's happy and. I mean, she just kind of goes along with things. I feel like she, she does not want to die. I think her brain goes a, a mile a minute trying to figure out how to get out of the situation that she's not <laughs> supposed to be in in the first place. Right. And then we all go outside for a little air. <laughs> and we talked about this a little bit ago where we mentioned Catherine, and she was the one who came up with this plan. I want to know, though, Paik, why do you think he decided to let the male guests have the opportunity to leave and didn't let the females go? Like, what was that about? He is, again, this is all an art piece. This is his masterpiece. There's a theme, a running theme. And that is his downfall of his art, his life, like he's talked about, his ruin. And part of that is he's going to bring his own faults into it as well. As we learned from Catherine, he made inappropriate advances towards her, mistreated her, held power over her. And he's admitting at this point, he's a bad person and he's going to pay for his actions tonight, too, just like everybody else, you know? And so she gets that little moment of stabbing him in the thigh and he apologizes to her. And then now, as symbolism, all the men are in danger as part. They're all him in that moment. (laughs) Did you notice that Tyler was the only one that stayed with the women? Mm-hmm. Because he wanted back inside to eat. He was like, I don't care about all this. I want more food. The food's in there. <laughs> Everyone else couldn't get away fast enough. The men just went off. Leaving the women behind. It was just like thinking. He's well, standing there like, that's cool and all, but can I have the next course? I want yeah. more food. <laughs> yeah. But none of the men got to eat man's folly, which was Dunganus crab, fermented yogurt whey, dried sea lettuce, umaboshi, and kelp. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I can tell you're not a foodie person. <laughs> it's like, Why? as you read off all of these things, like pronunciations, it's funny. <laughs> but, it's funny. Oh. Okay. <laughs> So you do better. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, <laughs> oh, I can arrange for that. Here you go. Here you go. It's coming across in the, cha- in the chat right now. Um, okay, Mister. Fu- yeah, the Jew. 
And then what was it? The bergamot? Bergamot? What is what you said? Um, <laughs> I don't know what. Dungeness crab. Uh, I don't know what bergamot or bergamot or burger whatever is. I don't know. Umaboshi. I don't know what that is. It's a plum. Okay. It's like a Japanese like sour like plum. That's lovely. <laughs> Dungeness crab. Dungeness okay. crab. I figured you would know that one. What is a Dungeness crab? It's crab. No, what kind of crab? Dungeness. <laughs> what kind? What is Dungeness? It's a species of crab, like blue crab or king crab or Alaskan crab. It's Dungeness crab. Is a species of crab yield grass in beds and water along the west coast of North okay. America. Okay, that's why. Why would I know that? But it looks very much like the crabs that I used to pick out as a teenager to make money in the summer, and it was not a fun thing to do. We probably have more blue crab. Or no, we have a lot of blue crab. Picking out it's crabs is wonderful if you're going to eat it, mm-hmm. but picking it out to put it in a container for somebody else is not. It's not pig. It just isn't. But this is not to make fun of you, but kind of only a little bit, but only out of love. It is fun to listen to you read off ingredients lists. You are. Okay. I guess I'll have to take it. So bad. But I don't want to sound like too pretentious or anything, because some of them I'm like, I mean, I just know how to pronounce some of them, but I don't know. I couldn't explain to you what all of it is. I'm not uh-huh. that much of a... <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, at the end of this podcast, I'm giving Peg a quiz. <laughs> so, one guest in particular um, was the last guest to be caught, and got he got a special present. Mm-hmm. So that was Ted. He was the, I don't know if he was the newspaper owner or the president, but he was there with Lillian, and he got a very special thing. Do you know what it was, Peg? I didn't let, write that one down. Again, that's why I had you write them down. <laughs> Good. I wrote it down, but I will, I will refrain from pronouncing anything else ever again. No, because it's so... I enjoy when you do it. Do it. No. No, you have to. Oh, I... Yeah, a Passard egg. Mm-hmm. With creme fraiche and maple. Oh. <laughs> no, creme fraiche. Just creme, creme fraiche. Fresh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Any opportunity I have to make you <laughs> laugh at me is just... That's good. It's great. Uh, for you. I would just oh, like creme fraiche. <laughs> creme fraiche. Now I know. Mm-hmm. It will never come up again. I can tell you this. There's one thing that was not part of the menu, and when it comes time to to read it, I can read it because I know how to pronounce every single word. <laughs> uh, and I actually do have that one written out because it's hilarious to me. Yes, um, it is. But I have to read it because I need to redeem myself. Yes. To our listeners. So, they all come back together. Nobody gets away. They all look a little worse for the wear. But while the men are gone, Margot reveals that her name is Erin. She's from Brockton, Massachusetts. When they all come back, though, Julian gets Tyler to admit something that he's known all along. That everyone was going to die. And so he hired her knowing she was going to die. Mm -hmm. What a fucker. 
Right. <laughs> I mean, really. But he does get back. Julian finds a way to get back at Tyler. Oh, because was... I don't think he liked that. I don't think he liked that Tyler brought Margot there because she wasn't supposed to be there. That wasn't part of the plan. So he uh, based. I mean, yeah, the reason Tyler's there. I mean, he. Because <laughs> Chef Julian just like cannot stand him. Like, he's such a dick. Like, and he's this overly pretentious. Like, he was an obnoxious fanboy. Yes. To get his way into this dinner. To where, you know, Julian even tells, like, everybody's going to die and you still want to be part of it. And that's. Yeah. And that's that, that savage move that yeah, Julian pulls where he's he takes the most pretentious foodie on the planet into the kitchen so he can show everyone his incredible expertise. You know? If you yeah. know so much, if you you know, then show us a wise one. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. And show them he does. <laughs> but he's a wreck the whole time. Like he's shaking. He's freaking Just, out because it's his opportunity to show it's Julian fitting what he took he can him into do. The, it's fitting he took him into the kitchen because he roasted the shit out of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did, but just embarrassed him. Egg on his face, right? Yes. And Julian, um, Julian apologizes because this wasn't part of the menu. <laughs> And then we get the little screen card that's called Tyler's Bullshit. <laughs> Undercooked lamb, inedible shallot leek butter sauce, and utter lack of cohesion. <laughs> there was an over-under bet I was making with myself to see if you pronounce shallot as shallot like you did with scallop. But you got... <laughs> oh, man. This, this episode has become, how can we tease Daphne about how she talks? Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all for love. It's all love. Uh huh. I promise. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm being a real Tyler right now, huh? <laughs> yeah, you are. You are, and I can't slap you through the mm -hmm. videos. No, nope. nope. I'll save it up. Don't worry. Next mm -hmm. time in, I'm in Dallas, you just wait. Right. Um. <laughs> so. We'll go get some bergamo tea and you can slap me around. No. <laughs> uh, I have to. I have to. <laughs> uh. You're so bad. <laughs> You're so bad. Oh, man. Julian <laughs> then roasts. I mean, he roasts Tyler. Mm -hmm. Everything was awful. It was just a terrible situation. And he whispers something to Tyler. And this was the end of Tyler's story, really. Yeah. We never find out what he said to him. Uh, I do wonder what he would have said to him to get such an interesting reaction. That interesting reaction just being walking into the back and hanging yourself. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure any kind of deprecate it yeah deprecating low blow from the chef you worship the ground he walks on will be enough for it whatever he said <laughs> well you know i've always heard that sometimes meeting the person that you look up to the most 
or someone that you idolize as a fan can sometimes be very disappointing. Mm -hmm. And so I guess in this case, it was beyond disappointing. And Tyler didn't feel that he could live anymore. Not that he was going to live much longer anyway. He just right. didn't end up wearing the marshmallow cape and the chocolate hat. Right. But we haven't gotten there quite yet. <laughs> At this point, Margot has decided to be part of Team Julian and not Team Tyler, which means she is the one who gives, not the one who takes. Mm-hmm. And he asks her to go get a barrel from the smokehouse saying that Elsa forgot to get it, despite the fact Elsa didn't forget to get it. Yeah. She was just never told about it. Yeah, which is interesting. Do you think they all really knew they were going to die? Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay. Because I wasn't sure about that. But but, uh, El- but uh, Margaret does a little sleuthing. Yeah, instead of going to get the barrel from the smokehouse, which she does eventually, but first she just gets a knife instead. And goes to his house, which, again, you know, no one's allowed in Chef's house. Although, as Elsa is telling her that, she's also literally standing in the house with her. So what about you? What about that? (laughs) You're there. Um, Yeah, Elsa's kind of this interesting character trope of her own right there, where she's, she feels like she's being replaced by Margot slash Aaron. So she's a little deluded in her own way there. Yeah. Which leads to, of course, out of self-defense, Aaron ends up killing her. Hits her with that Paco jet that we keep talking about. And uh, then stabs her in the throat, like Slowick should have done to his father. Mm-hmm. And the story he told earlier. And of course, I think we missed. Um, the t- well, that was the tortilla course. We yeah. talked about the tortillas, but we didn't talk about the, uh, oh, the, the little chicken yeah. thigh with the, store- the <laughs> uh, little scissors stabbed into it after his deeply depressing and dark story about his father and mother. (laughs) Yeah. Again, the menu itself and the stories that went along with it, it all took you down this, into this deep, dark place. And which something we didn't see in that course that at least I don't remember seeing on the plate, but cut to the end of the movie where, uh, Margot was wiping her mouth with the menu as a napkin. And I did pause it to read some of what was on the menu that they get sent home the gift bag in. And under that course, it also said green salsa cubes were a part of that dish, <laughs> which I don't think I saw cubes of salsa, but that's no. why would you do that? Uh- <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but the chicken and taco tortillas. That looked, great. Yeah, that, that looked like it was good. That could have been tasty. Yeah. Like if I, this if I was at that dinner, sans murder, um, that would be the course. I'm like, finally, food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat everything down to there'll be nothing left on the plate. Mm-hmm. If there's a bone in the chicken, uh, that'll be left. That'll be the only thing because I'm going <laughs> to eat it all. So yeah, so I mentioned yeah, so Elsa's gone, and then Margot takes the keys off of her to go into that secret locked room uh, where she calls the Coast Guard on the radio but turns out that the officer is just another one of the chefs on the staff and she horribly failed that test. Uh, She is now a taker. Or maybe not. She's able to sway Julian again. Maybe she's brilliant because this food sucks. 
Um, <laughs> and she's yeah. just going to lay into him. Is This food is terrible. You know, you got so lost in the craft and the art that uh, are you even really a chef anymore? Do mm-hmm. you do you make food? What is what is this bullshit? And, you know, can you actually you hear you, you said as a service, you know, server that you're here to make people happy. You're here to please your customers. Nobody here is pleased. I'm not pleased. I'm fucking starving. I'm hungry. I haven't uh, had any good food this whole time. Uh, <laughs> I loved her quote. She said, when I eat your food, it tastes like it was made with no love. You cook with obsession, not love. You yeah. failed and you bore me. And the worst part is I'm still fucking hungry. And I think Julian's been intrigued by her this entire time. He's just right. like, she... He has people figured out, but he can't figure her out. Yeah. She's she just notices different. This photo in that office when she was there of where he started his chef journey was just being a like cook on a line at a burger joint, flipping burgers. Yeah. And so she's pulling from his past when she asks for a cheeseburger to pull that out of him, that last little bit of. Are you actually a chef? Can you cook with love? Like, it's deep in there somewhere. Yeah. So let me reignite that with a burger. She knew what she was doing. And God, look at that cheeseburger. I know. That is food. Sign me up for that. (laughs) (laughs) As I'm watching, I'm like, that's what I want from this restaurant. Just give me that. That looks amazing. And those fries look so crispy. Mm-hmm. Like they cook, they look like they had been really well cooked. Mm-hmm. And it was the, the, they got its own little thing too. It was like cheeseburger, just, just a well-made cheeseburger. Yes. <laughs> like- <laughs> and she asks if she can have it to go. Mm-hmm. And he decides to let her go and gives her the gift bag. I cannot believe that worked. <laughs> I can't either, but I'm glad it did. She showed um, something that he could only respect. Respect. And honor at that point where he was like, yeah, no, fuck it. You made a good point. You can go. <laughs> Let her out. <laughs> I feel like at this point, everyone else had really just resigned themselves to this. Mm-hmm. They weren't putting up a fight anymore. Other than George, who I feel did try. Like, he wanted to get Felicity out of there, but because she didn't have student loans, she couldn't leave. <laughs> um, but he did try. Like, he was, you know, talking to Julian, but it, it was on deaf ears. Yeah. But they were, you know, told to pay their bill and everybody got their cards out. Yeah. And then we... has come due, and they'll pay with more than just money. Yep. <laughs> yes. And that's when we get to something that annoys Julian. The s'more. The most offensive I... assault on human on the human palate ever contrived. And I have to disagree. Yes, you know, Julian Slowick has said some pretty off-the-wall stuff in this movie. But to, but to besmirch the good name of the s'more, I don't know if I can stand for it. I, I don't. Although, maybe I wouldn't mind having one of those wearable marshmallow coverings. Those look comfy and fun <laughs> and delicious. Just don't set it on fire while I'm wearing it, please. <laughs> I don't know, Peg. Do you want the chocolate hat, too? It's too messy. 
It's too it's messy. Too messy. Yeah. Just give me the marshmallows. Yeah. But nobody tried to get away. Like, they all just... They came out and put the marshmallow capes on them, and nobody tried to leave. They put the hats on. He lights himself on fire, and no one tries to leave. They just sit there like mm-hmm. they're resigned to it. You know? But Margo has- foodie stuff. We had a random tangent, but, you know, do foodie stuff. Had s'mores recently at uh, my friend Jeff's house while we played Dungeons and Dragons because I'm also a nerd besides a foodie. And he is a very big nerd. We had a little like fire in the table on the table in the middle while we were playing that we could roast marshmallows over and we were making s'mores while playing and it was awesome. And we were using spicy marshmallows and regular marshmallows and we had all kinds of special kinds of chocolate. We had like ginger chocolate and coffee chocolate and all kinds of specialty chocolates. We were making like real fancy s'mores. And it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter chocolate. Ooh, awesome. peanut yeah. butter chocolate is good. I am not that fancy with s'mores. I just make <laughs> them the basic way. Um, but I also don't have a fire in the middle of my table to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would get fancier if I had a fire in the middle of my table. I could. Well, Margo has made it to the Coast Guard boat and has gotten on there, which we didn't even talk about the Coast Guard. Well, yeah, we did. Okay. Mm. Um, and George was the only one trying to get away at that point because he wrote on the autograph, you know, help. Nobody listened. So while, um, so Margot goes and gets on the boat and she drives out a bit and then she stops it, it died on her. She had yeah. trouble getting it started, and then it got her just out into the water to die on her again. But she's like, that's fine. I'll just sit back, watch the restaurant blow up, and enjoy the rest of my cheeseburger. <laughs> and that's when we get our final menu card for the dessert. <laughs> Marshmallow, chocolate, graham cracker, customers, staff, and restaurant. Mm-hmm. Quite a big s'more. <laughs> yeah I didn't think he was going to kill everyone I mean I thought that he was going to he said stop. it pretty early on yeah I thought that that was his intention but I thought maybe a few people would get away but nobody did except Margo except Margo ergo <laughs> she got away mm-hmm. because she's smart and resourceful and sassy and a badass. Yes. <laughs> All of those things. Yeah. Well, I like the way we did it because we were like, let's start with Margo. And they were like, absolutely not. You're like, um, let's run through the movie as the menu as a character. And I actually really like that. I appreciate All that. Right. That was an interesting take. That's cool. And then Even it gets through I- a lot of different notes. <laughs> yeah. Even if I couldn't pronounce menu items correctly, was that still okay? It was great. It was wonderful. Start yeah. pronouncing all of those things like you did from now on. No, please don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was all of my notes on her mixed in with that. And then I think a lot of other notes as well. But, uh, you know, I, we can we move on to Julian Sloic for other notes I have. Uh, and it's kind of him and just his whole restaurant situation going on. Um, because, yeah, it's it's Hawthorne Restaurant on Hawthorne Island. And as Lillian states, it, it's a 
culinary biome, basically. Uh, so they grow and harvest all their ingredients right there, locally from the island. Um, talked about the weird cult vibes going on. You know, we all live here. Serve our duty to the chef. We're not allowed near his home. There's no like sense of humor. Like customers Wait. are trying to make jokes, <laughs> and she's just like matter of fact about everything. Um, we don't sleep. We work from six a.m. to two a.m. Yeah, and then just a lot of creepiness that sets in. Uh, his yeah, the don't eat, savor, enjoy. I mean, don't, <laughs> it was an interesting you know experience. Um, we didn't talk a whole lot about his mother. You know, they have this kind of moment because it's just like you you pick up on this like old lady sitting in the corner of the room just drinking wine and not eating any of the courses the whole night, and you're like. This is weird. And then when he goes over and like whispers to her and you're everybody in the room stops and is noticing like this is weird. This is weird. And then that's when we learn that is his mother because he has this disturbing story to go along with her introduction. Oh. With the little scissors stabbed in the chicken thighs. Uh, We talked about the tortillas and how Ray finds is perfectly creepy. Ralph Fiennes. I'll call him that. No, I'll, I'll, it's my turn to have a bad pronunciation. It's Ray um, Fines. <laughs> it's always been Ray Fines. You sure? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, His brother played the commander. Oh, on, Joseph Fines. Yeah, over at uh, the Handmaid's Tale. See, why does Joseph get to have it? he? If Rafe is named that, but it's spelled that way, then Joseph should be like George of. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like it does. Um, <laughs> there's got to be some consistency, Fines parents. What are you doing? No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've talked about a lot of yeah, like his reasonings and kind of why everybody is there, and his conversations with Margot. So yeah, we we talked about a lot of that because it's part of the courses that you brought up. Tyler's bullshit just cracks me up as I'm going through my lists and seeing that my notes and seeing that again. Um, I get the pettiness of like the fact that George Diaz is there just because he finally got a day off from being overworked as a shusu chef. And he went to go see a movie and it was the worst fucking movie he's ever seen. And he holds a grudge against the star <laughs> of the movie. Like, like I didn't, and, and even says, I didn't direct, I didn't direct it. Like it's not, Right, but then he ties it to his own self of being like, he sees himself in that of like, the way that Julian has given up on food, the love of food and the love of serving people for this bullshit, pretentious culinary art. He sees that in himself as the same way of, George Diaz was a well-known and well-loved actor, and then for money, he took a role in a movie that was garbage. Mm-hmm. And he sees that kind of mirroring his own life. And he's like, when I see that terrible movie, it makes me think of the way that my life has gone terrible because I chose money over happiness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's not the only one. I mean, I feel like that's people choose money a lot of the time because they think they'll get, have happiness if they choose money. Yeah. And then he just freaking cursed upon the name of s'mores and it made me sad uh but yeah <laughs> i had a feeling you might have a problem with that how dare he i mean they're not like in my like trifecta of desserts but 
but they're they're good. I enjoy this movie. I know. I know. It's okay. It's just a movie. <laughs> so yeah, so those are all of my notes on him. Do you have anything else? No, I don't think I have anything. <laughs> the whole thing about the menu, I was so focused on the menu. Yeah. That oh, pretty much I feel like we've covered everything. Right. So yeah, I'll I'll run through my notes and see. Because again, Tyler, I have a section on, but again, I threw in a lot of notes about him. I do have a quote from him early on before they even got on the get on the boat, where he turns to Margot and says, "Tonight will be madness." And I was like, "I have a feeling you're way more right than you ever could expect." To do. Yep, um, for sure, no question. And yeah, just his, you know, we get that that he had the reservation set in advance with another person as his date. Which made sense because I was like, yeah, because this whole thing does not seem like Margot's scene. Uh, no, not at, at all. all. And then you would kind of see that he is way too much and way too pretentious, where he's invested in Chef Slowick and the event, and he's not really giving any attention to Margot. Which then we find out of the reasoning is because he doesn't care about her. He literally hired her just so he could have somebody else at his table so he could come to this restaurant. That's what he cared about. Um, and he's just. So he's mansplaining food. <laughs> the like, entire no, you time. just don't understand it. Yes, the flavors it- have to go this way, and you have to do. It. And it, you're so it's like calling her childish and telling her to shut up that she doesn't. And, and she's like, "All right, dude, fuck you." <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't realize we were coming to the restaurant owned by God. I, I'm sorry, you know. He was so <laughs> condescending to her. Like yeah. it was just. He treated her like she wasn't even a person. Yeah. The, as the night went on and he realized just how much she wasn't into it and didn't care, it just made him even more irritated so that he just kept putting her down yeah. because she didn't think- understand the flavors and the process. And- right. And I think she does have a line that kind of hints at what, her job is who she is why she's there a little bit where she asks him kind of early on something about like do you want me to try to pretend that i get it and i'm enjoying it you know like yeah (laughs) and a a date wouldn't ask somebody that so it's kind of a little early hint that she's on the job she's working yeah Uh, (laughs) she's an escort i mean that Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit i mean we get that kind of clue but it takes a little while to really set in that oh yeah 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 that's what's going on yeah but yeah but then i think that's really all the notes that i have all right well i'm good there too (laughs) awesome then let's move on to a few of the behind the scenes things that i found out so mark mylod has directed some amazing tv including 13 episodes of a TV show called Succession, which I'm a big fan of. He was part of the winning team for the Outstanding Drama um, Emmy Award uh, that they received in 2020 and 2022. He also directed six episodes of Game of Thrones and 12 episodes of Shameless, including the pilot. But in addition to this, he's only directed um, three films. His first, which was Allie G in the house, which I have oh, seen. Oh, wow. There's a throwback. <laughs> There's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
The show that introduced us to the amazing Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. While on his honeymoon in Bergen, Norway, screenwriter Will Tracy came up with the idea for this film after he ate at the Cornelia Seafood Restaurant, which was located on a nearby private island. He described the food as storytelling experience as claustrophobic, saying that patrons are held hostage for hours. Can you imagine? <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. I, feel I don't know. About I mean, I, I would say I've. I wouldn't have experienced that, but I kind of have because uh, I did eat at a restaurant in Colorado that you literally the only way to get there is to take a gondola or not a. No, not a gondola. That's a boat. See, I don't know words. No either. gondola. It is. Is it the thing? Yeah, that, like the that, rail car thing. I think they're both gondolas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but you have to take that. Like, get in one, and they take the rail all the way up to the peak of a mountain. Mm-hmm. And there, it's just the gondolas that get you up and down. There's no other way to get there. And so he had to go up to the top of the mountain. And then there was a restaurant that was up there that was really good. I had espresso elk, like espresso crusted elk. It was really good. But then then when you're done eating, you have to wait for the gondola to like get back on it and go back down the mountain. So I have done something similar. It's not the the, the gondola schedule is a lot more frequent than a boat, I'm sure. So, uh, how did you handle that? Because I'm sure it was high up. It was, like I go- loved it. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> okay. What about riding in the gondola? Did you like that? Like looking yeah. Down, like yeah. I'm not a- like afraid of heights or anything. Okay. So it was a really cool view. I enjoyed okay. that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so Dominique Crenn created the amazing food layouts. She's a renowned French chef, and as of 2016, she was the only female chef in the U.S. to be awarded three Michelin stars for her San Francisco restaurant, Atelier Crenn. No, oh, I should have gone there when I was in San Francisco. I know. I'm thinking, <laughs> man, that would be a great place to go. Uh, she has since off- opened a bar next door that has received one Michelin star, so she's... She's very highly regarded. Um, the food looked so realistic. The cast and crew were often tempted to taste it in between takes and had to be reminded not to. In addition to Kren, several figures from the world of fine dining were also consultants on the film. For the character of George Diaz, John Leguizamo based his portrayal of the washed-up action star on Steven Seagal, who he had a bad experience with when filming Executive Decision. I like that movie. It's it's Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal, John Leguizamo. I want to say Halle Berry's in that, but I could be confusing that with another movie that involves airplanes. I <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I don't know if I've seen a lot of Seagal, but I do love some John Leguizamo. He's great in a movie called Land of the Dead. I was going to say you should watch Chef. You've seen Chef. I have not He's seen in with John Chef. Favreau. No. Is it good? It's another foodie show. Foodie oh, movie. goodness. But it's another foodie movie, but it's so good. But it's not like this high end. It's about a like guy who runs a food truck with his young son. It's adorable. Okay. It's okay. amazing. And the, the son, John Favreau's son in that movie is uh, MJ Anthony, who is a... Uh, the, the son in Krampus. Oh. Max. Yeah. Okay. So it's him I might have to check that out. It's 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 a wonderful movie. I'd almost say let's cover it, but it has nothing to do with this podcast in right. any way, shape, or form. But 
But you know what, Pig? I know what. another podcast. I know what podcast we could cover it on. We could. <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it. I, a rewatch would be good. It's not on Netflix anymore, though. I don't even know where. I I might have to buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. I might it might be fun to talk about a non-Run for Your Lives movie on a podcast. <laughs> it could be cool. So I mentioned this earlier. Several of the beach shots were filmed at Driftwood Beach on Jekyll Island, Georgia. And that's what made me think right away. Oh, my God. That's where they filmed the season 10 premiere of The Walking Dead. So Anya Taylor-Joy came up with the idea of Margot punching Tyler after she realized he knew they were going to die. And then my final comment has a few little pieces to it. So the menu was part of the Blacklist of 2019. That's a yearly survey that's put out by Franklin Leonard, and he's an entertainment executive. This survey um, identifies the hottest unproduced screenplays that are floating around Hollywood. At the time, this is kind of what the screenplay looked like, and there are some differences, and I'm going to point those out. So Margot and Craig, they changed the name to Tyler for the movie, were actually a married couple. Here's one I thought you would find interesting. Mm -hmm. The movie star, a.k.a. George Diaz, was actually going to be played, or they wanted to be played by Daniel Radcliffe, playing himself. And the movie that Julian hated was Victor Frankenstein. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> but could you imagine the Harry Potter and Voldemort reunion that could have happened? Yes. Which, they could have been like a great... Uh, I, I think of like the puns and satire yep. of that, like the "if you know, you know." Yes, where you know, like he could, you know, Daniel Radcliffe could play because he's played himself in movies before, and yes. as very pretentious, he likes to play it up to where I could be like, you know, him looking at Ray Fiennes' character and saying something like, "We well, just don't have the nose for it," or something, you know, yes. just something like yes. that, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. Also, it was planned for a camera crew to be filming the evening's event, so it wasn't just going to be, like, everything going on. It was going to be filmed for some other purpose. Instead of the men being allowed to try to escape, Catherine's course was called humiliation, and the male diners were made to eat from dog bowls while nude from the waist down. Yeah, I'm okay with the one we got instead. <laughs> A dejected Tyler slash Craig, instead of hanging himself, spent the rest of the dinner washing dishes. Not sure about that. Uh, it seems fitting. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the script has an alternate ending where a crew of firefighters and investigators walk through the wreckage of the fire from that night and behind a sealed fireproof door they find Julian's smiling severed head on a platter and his severed hands holding up the titular menu. That's real yeah. dark and creepy. And it's interesting, but also like, how? How? <laughs> Who else was there to have done that and set yeah. that up? Um. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I don't, I think that would have been a little bit too campy for yeah. the tone that we got from this movie. Right. So no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. That's a no from me. 
Yeah, I'm, I think it's fine the way it went. <laughs> yeah, me too. So All that's right. it, Peg. We did it. We made it. We talked about the menu. And just to run that counter up. The menu, the menu, the menu, the menu, the menu. Um, <laughs> what did other people think about the menu? I don't know. We might have to see if the menu, I mean, the phone rings for people talking about the menu. I'm just, how many times can I say it? I don't know. Oh, thank God. It's it's going to stop me thank from goodness. rambling on about the menu. Anyway, let me go <laughs> answer the phone. Maybe it's the pizza place calling me back after I look at the menu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got some feedback this week. Honestly, people really came through with the feedback this week. I'm happy. I'm excited. They really <laughs> did. We have quite a bit here. Mm. I guess I should probably take this first one. All right. From our good friend Tony on Twitter. Tony says, I liked this movie. I went in completely clueless on what it was, and that helped. Because I was genuinely guessing on what was going on. Daphne, I'm sure you'll know this, but Daniel Radcliffe was going to play himself, and the movie that made Chef mad was Victor Frankenstein. I still believe that cheeseburger and fries would have been priced way higher. Absolutely. And I did know about <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I think, I, yes, yeah, we, we talked about talked that. Talked about that in the uh, behind the scenes stuff, yeah. And then, I don't know. Way higher because I think even on Twitter, Annika and other things, she mentioned something like twenty bucks or something, and I'm like, I don't know if I'd pay that much for no, it. No, but they might charge that much for it. Right. It was a great looking burger, though. I mean, I could easily see that being like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happily pay that for. Oh God, I'm hungry. I'm recording this hungry. This doesn't uh <laughs> If you remember right, Peg, we recorded. The other part of the podcast, you were starving by the end. I know. Man, I'm just always going to be hungry when we're talking about this movie. It's not, it's not helpful, but it is what it is. <laughs> All right. This next one comes from our buddy Jerry. says, Chef Voldemort, a uh, Slowick, served up some very mean entrees. From hanging beef, courtesy of Tyler. Oh, God. <laughs> to finger sandwiches, courtesy of Richard. Or some brain pate, courtesy of Jeremy. The menu had some treats and a very tasty array of courses. It took Margot in a brilliant series of chess moves Jerry, uh, to save herself because fuck that idiot boyfriend of hers and all these other miserable clowns. Lesson here for me is just go get a burger. You'll be better off. Looking forward to the sequel, the entree, and then the final part of the trilogy, the dessert. Jerry, <laughs> I, I forgive you, so I guess, this time <laughs> for your punishment. Yes. <laughs> so Alma says, what did I just watch? LOL, I actually thought I was going to like this movie, but nope. Thumbs down emoji. Perhaps I missed something. The only good, the only thing good was that damn double cheeseburger, because now I'm craving one. LOL, I am totally curious of what y'all thought. Well, hopefully, well, maybe you found out what we thought while you listened yeah, to this. <laughs> maybe you'll, maybe our explanation of it or our discussion on it will make you like it a little bit more. Maybe I don't know. Let us know. Yeah, but I will agree. Yeah, that cheeseburger. We're just gonna keep talking about it, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and this last one here comes from Mo Favo, also over on Twitter. 
says, I've been dying to hear discussion about this movie. Trailers or the trailers understandably gave little info and actually misled. I assumed it was a survival type of horror like Cabin in the Woods. So I have some questions. One, any idea what triggered the chef to execute the experience? Any guesses what he whispered to Tyler to trigger that response? There was lots of psychology I'm not sure I will get, but I hope you discuss, such as the men given a chance to run versus the women eating together. And everything Tyler. Was Margot supposed to escape earlier? Also, what was with the Coast Guard boat? What happened to the captain, and should we assume he worked for the chef? I will say the finale visual of s'more plating from above was great. Also, at what point did you think, oh crap, no one is surviving this? And did you have a cheeseburger within tw- craving within 24 hours? Yeah, no, like within 24 seconds. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, <laughs> I might have. I don't remember. Because again, this is weird. We record feedback later than when the episode. So we recorded the episode maybe a couple weeks ago. So did I, I think you right did. That night? I might have. I might have. I think it was a water. No, I got a pizza. I got a pizza, but it had like burger top. It was, it was like a hamburger, like a beef. You had like a cheeseburger bacon. pizza, basically. It was like a cheeseburger pizza, basically, yeah. I think is what I ended up doing. Um, As far as the Coast Guard boat, <laughs> yes, the captain did work for Chef. I did not have a cheeseburger, but Peg had a cheeseburger pizza. And at what point <laughs> did you think, oh, crap, no one is surviving this? About uh, halfway, a little past halfway through. <laughs> so, yeah, um, if you'd like to submit your feedback, like Mo, Alma, Jerry, and Tony, you can find us on our Facebook page and Instagram at Run for Your Lives Podcast. You can reach us on Twitter at RFYL Podcast. Email us at runforyourlivespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the show, Tell your friends. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much all other podcast players, including YouTube. Go to runforyourlivespodcast.com for all the links you'll ever need and give us a review on Apple Podcasts as that's the best way to share the love and get us out there even more. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And talking about sharing the love. Of course, I got to give some shout outs to things going on in the podcast universe around us, which is not a lot. Really, there is like two things that I can give a shout out and both of them are kind of the same thing almost. Um, so, yeah, really, all I'm going to say is The Last of Us on HBO is out. That first episode. Holy oh, freaking crap. Man. I cannot wait for episode two this weekend. It's going to be amazing. So, um, yeah, if you watched that and you were a big fan, which if you watched it, then you have to be, obviously, because it was perfection. Um but yeah, so if you enjoyed that first episode of The Last of Us, or if you have not watched it yet, then go do that. If you have access to HBO Max, or even if you don't, then get it. Because <laughs> watch that first episode of The Last of Us. I'm promising you, it was so freaking good. So uh, check that out. Or if you have checked it out, then you can go and catch some coverage of that. Uh, of course, the cast of us right here on Podcastica. With their first episode is up. They've got the episode covering the show and then a feedback episode up after that. So go check those out for all of their great coverage and thoughts on The Last of Us. And then also go check out TV Podcast Industries, our friends over there, because they also cover the first episode of The Last of Us. They'll be covering that as well. And they're big Star Wars nerds. So of course, they're covering The Bad Batch over on Disney Plus as well. So if you're a fan of that, they're covering episode four this week. So go check those out over on TV Podcast Industries. And that's it really not a lot of other stuff going on this week (laughs) (laughs) it's quiet yeah (laughs) 
But next week, maybe they will have more. I know we will. So what will we have next week right here on Run For Your Lives? Well, when a widower takes his daughters to their mother's homeland, it becomes more than just paying homage. It becomes a fight for survival as they find themselves face to face with the king of the jungle, a lion who has vengeance on his mind. We are discussing the 2022 film Beast, starring Idris Elba and directed by Balthazar Kormakar. Yeah. Beast. A newer one. Another newer yeah. one. Catching all these like last part of 2022 movies. Got some movies to from last year to to catch up on as we're in, starting this new year off. <laughs> it's a lot of yeah. fun. We have a lot of time left in this season. We've picked some of the movies we're going to cover, so I'm looking forward to this next, you know, two months of podcasting. It's going to be a lot of fun to cover yeah. some of these films. Yeah, I've still got some fun ones coming up, so. Keep your eyes and ears peeled for those podcasts. Yes. Uh, yeah. But so next week, Beast. So definitely go check that out if you get a chance and give us feedback. We had some great feedback this week. We'd love to hear for you from you guys next week on that. Yes, one. definitely. And with that, we've reached the end of another delicious episode. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Pake. And if you have to run, you better run for your lives. Mm-mm, yummy. Yummy.